family, but he's also prospered and succeeded as to leave an inheritance after him, which is continued to and enjoyed not only by his immediate offspring, but theirs also. For because it was attained in honesty, it wears well. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? Because something is built in right living and in honesty and in integrity, it lasts. But the wealth of the wicked, which is acquired through wickedness, dissipates quickly and ultimately it comes into the hands of the righteous. It comes into the hand of good people that know how to do what is right and to honor God and please Him. And you know, in preparing to speak about this today, I I really felt that God wants to challenge you to get a vision for a blessed future. We need to actually get a vision for this. That the way in which you live can result in blessings for those that are coming after you. Get a vision for living your life in a way that will bring generational blessings. I'm so glad that God says, in terms of the curse that may exist in a bloodline, that it only goes to the third and fourth generation. But the blessings are to a thousand generations. God is a generational God, if I can put it that way. The Bible says His faithfulness is from generation to generation. And many times for you and I, we only look at our own lives. We only look at our own situation. But God wants to be us to be looking further. God wants us to be looking with eyes of destiny. Imagine this. Imagine in 80 years' time, one of your grandchildren is looking at a family tree. And let's say that this grandchild got a passion to investigate the family tree and look into the different aspects and who grew up where and so on. Some people I've discovered going to go to great lengths to look at these things. But imagine you've got this family tree here and somebody, your grandchild, is pointing to you and they say, you know what? Before that person, before Grandpa, there were no believers in our family. But Grandpa began to serve God. He began to honor God. He began to evangelize his family. And as a result, Mom and Dad came to know the Lord. And as a result, look at this, and the brothers and the siblings, and look what's happened just because Grandpa got a hold of God. He began to serve God. Get a vision for that. Get a vision for your grandkids pointing back to you and saying, what an example my grandfather was. Or even just your kids saying, what an example my mom was. She prayed for our family. She claimed promises for our family. Get a vision for this. The way in which you live can generate blessings for your children. Now, please take up your Bible. Did you bring your Bible with you? Lift it up for a second if you brought it with. Good. Now, turn to Psalms 112. Are you still with me? If you're with me, say amen. Amen. All right. Psalm 112, and we're going to look at the first six verses, which I find really fascinating. It says, Psalm 112, verse 1. It says, praise the Lord. But now it begins to speak about a certain type of man. It says, blessed is the man who, what? 
fears. Say it louder. Fears the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in His commandments. What is this speaking about? A man who loves God, a man who loves God's Word, a man who's walking in the ways of the Lord. And it says, of that man, number two, verse two, his descendants will be mighty on earth. God wants our children to be people of influence. God wants our sons and daughters to be nation changers, to be history makers. God wants to influence the world through us, through a godly heritage being carried forward. God wants to influence through your sons, through your daughters. He wants them to be mighty in the land. One of our members, recently their son, went overseas to Vancouver, Canada to go study at some fancy film school there. Because in his heart, he's got a passion to begin to produce movies, to begin to be a movie director. And he's now on track to begin to do that. And you know what? I was just thinking about this guy. Wouldn't it be wonderful Is if as a result of this, he could be mighty in the land and he could begin to be an influence in Hollywood together with many other Christians that God is raising to influence Hollywood. Well, it says that a righteous man's child will be mighty on the earth. Then it says also in verse 2, the generation of the upright will be blessed. That doesn't necessarily mean that you will be blessed. Yes, you will be blessed. But this is specifically saying that if you walk rightly before the Lord, your generation that comes after you or your produce that is generated from you, the generation of the upright will be blessed. So this tells me the way in which you and I live our lives affects blessings being carried down to our children. Wave a hand at me if you say, I want to pass blessings on to my children. Come on. We all do. I believe this is such a a godly desire. And it means that if you walk in integrity, that your kids will be blessed. Look at verse 3. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. I want to say this. There is an undeniable link between walking rightly before God and wealth. That's what the Bible says. Because it said there, blessed is the man who fears the Lord. And a little bit later it says, wealth and riches will be in his house. I want to tell you, God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to experience prosperity. And as I use the word prosperity, please don't think of a beady-eyed evangelist with snakeskin shoes and, uh, and a white suit that goes, Shaka, you know? Don't think of that. Just think of a God that wants to prosper you. He really does. There's an undeniable link. Look at verse 4. Unto the upright there rises light in the darkness. You know what that says to me? That if you walk in rightly before God, even in, an, even in an economic downturn, darkness, God will cause you to prosper. Even in tough times, God will cause you to break through. Great darkness may arise over the people of the earth, but God will arise upon you. Because it says, unto the upright there arises light in the darkness, because 
God is within us because we're living for Him. It says, He is gracious and full of compassion and righteousness. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. This is speaking about a man who's serious about walking in the ways of the Lord. The result is, blessings will be upon you. Provision will be in your house. Your kids will be blessed. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Also, your sons and daughters will be mighty in the land. If you want a good scripture to claim as a promise, that's a good one. My sons, my daughters are going to be mighty in the land. I speak that over my kids today in Jesus' name, that Jason and Michael will be mighty in the land. Sometimes you think that promises just fall onto your head. No, well, you've got to begin to claim it. You've got to begin to appropriate the promises for you. My mom has been an example of somebody who has always taken certain promises and made them her own. But she said to me the other day, she said, promises don't just fall into your lap. You need to claim them. You need to exercise faith in saying, God, I'm believing that for me. So begin to believe that for your son, for your daughter. Thank you, Lord, that they will be mighty in the land. Even though the situation at this point might not look like that, even though your son might be on drugs, even though your daughter might be in tremendous rebellion right now. I tell you what, if you're a praying dad and a praying mom, that son, that daughter ain't got a chance because God will come through. God will honor those prayers. Now, I want to tell you just a little bit about my grandfather on my dad's side, Grandpa Rabbit. I even phoned my uncle yesterday, Uncle Bernard. He, whenever I phone him, he, I say, Hey, Uncle Bernard, it's John here. Hey, Johnny, come lately. How are you? So I said, oh, Uncle Bernard, it's Johnny, come lately. So he says, how are you doing? What are you phoning me for? So I said, no, I want to find out about Grandpa. I want to ask you some questions because I've I got some missing gaps in my memory. Yo! And he gave me a whole history of Grandpa, and I wouldn't bore you with all of it, but I want to tell you a few things. In terms of my grandfather's start, he was born in Fort Jackson, just outside East London in 1902. He was born into poverty. He had about nine siblings, and it was an unconverted family. He worked in a trading shop. He sold tobacco and also other trading supplies. His father was an alcoholic and died a drunkard. That was his start. But God. But God met my grandfather, and he was converted. I don't know exactly how. My uncle didn't even know how, but he was converted in his early 20s, and he began to mean business with God. He began to serve God with sincerity. Two weeks after he became born again, he started a Sunday school in a particular area on the West Bank of East London. He started a Sunday school which was a multiracial Sunday school way back then. It had white kids, African kids, colored kids, and he began to minister to these kids. You know what? He would walk to church barefoot. He would tie his laces together, put it around his neck. He would walk to church barefoot. And when he would get close to church, he would take off his, uh, loosen the, 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 the laces, put his shoes on, 
straighten himself up and he would go to church, he would lead the Sunday school and he would go uh, be involved in the church service. But then, soon after his conversion, he felt convicted for selling tobacco. Although he never touched uh, liquor himself, he never smoked himself, he hated drinking because he saw his father die as a drunkard, but he felt convicted for selling tobacco. And so he began to grow and sell carnations. And he began to sell carnations, of all things. He began to eke out an existence like that, but that didn't go all that well. And so he began to move into the building trade. And he began to build houses. And God really blessed him. God began to prosper him, but Grandpa put Jesus Christ first. And God prospered him and blessed him. Ultimately, Grandpa would build between 20 to 30 homes in this London area. He built three blocks of flats, which are still standing in East London to this day. And he was involved either partially or fully in the construction of six Baptist churches who are, that are still standing today. He served as a lay preacher. He always gave himself to being involved in the congregation, to serving in the congregation, he contributed financially, together with my grandmother, contributed financially to many Bible college students that attended the Baptist Theological Seminary. Why? He was giving of himself to the Lord. So I said to my uncle, I said, why was Grandpa blessed? He said, because he meant business with God and he gave towards the gospel of Jesus Christ with building, with his time, even with his finances, putting people through Bible college. God blessed him. God enlarged his territory. And God took him from nothing, from poverty, to being blessed. One of the things the Lord blessed my grandfather with is a beautiful farm in London. And you know what? His children's children and their children, my sons, are even enjoying that farm today. And how God brought that about, that, that farm came about, which, which he built a couple of holiday cottages on, and it's a real farm-style little resort, is to me just amazing. But you know, as I was on holiday there in East London uh, over December period, I thought to myself, I'm enjoying this because somebody meant business with God. Because somebody walked in godly principles. Because somebody walked in integrity. And I tell you what, you begin to live like that, your children will rise up and call you blessed. Your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, they will rise up and call you blessed. Essentially, that's what I'm doing today. I'm rising up and I'm saying, blessed. Look at how he lived. Look at the example he set. And I praise God and I honor God for this example. But he came from nothing, but God blessed him. As he honored God, God honored him. Even though he had a rough start, he had a wonderful ending. Praise God. Now, you might be there. You might be the only one in your family that is serving God. I want to tell you, as you begin to love God and serve Him with all of your heart, the good news is the generations that come after you are going to be blessed. Your sons and daughters are going to be blessed. Your grandkids are going to be blessed. And people will look back 
And they will say, there was somebody in our family that got a hold of God. How many of you are getting a bit of a vision for new blessings from God, for a blessed heritage, for a blessed future? The way it has been so far in your family doesn't mean that's the way it's got to be. You might have had a family history of bankruptcies. It doesn't have to stay the same. All it means is that you need to begin to serve God like you really mean business, and God will honor you. God will cause blessing to be poured out on you. And so I've often shared about my dad, but I thought today I wanted to share a little bit about my grandfather. And I'm so glad that I can stand before you and say that he served the Lord in integrity. Lastly, I want to say that we all have an amazing inheritance in Jesus Christ. Even although you may not have had a good family inheritance. You may have been born with a bad reputation, like watch out for that family. Don't let your wife, don't let your daughter marry that person because, hey, there's problems. (laughs) But you know what? In Jesus Christ, we all have a blessed inheritance. I'd like to read you a few scriptures quickly. Ephesians 1 verse 18, you can just listen to these. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Colossians 1.12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints. Colossians 3.24, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. Romans 8 verse 17, and since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, we are heirs with Christ and joint heirs. 1 Peter 1 verse 4 says, and we have a priceless inheritance an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. I want to end with this, with suggesting that today we claim a promise for our descendants. And if you are determined in your heart that I'm serving God flat out, then I want to encourage you to claim this promise with me. You can write it down. I suggest you do. It's found in Isaiah 59, verse 21, and we close in with this. It says, As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them, my spirit who is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord from this time and forever. How's that for a good promise? I'd like to invite you to stand right now. Would you please stand? Please don't don't leave until we have closed in prayer. Now, as we are praying now, I want to ask that you would agree with me in your heart. The purpose of this prayer is firstly to say, Hey God, I'm trusting you to help me build a godly inheritance. I'm trusting you to help me build a heritage which is filled with the blessings of God for my children and my children's children. 
but also we are claiming this promise today. Wouldn't you maybe take the hands of the person next to you? Even across the aisles, you can take the hands of of the person there. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we say to you today that it is our heart's desire to be a good man and a good woman. It is our heart's desire to leave a heritage in every sense of the word for our offspring, for our children, our grandchildren, our descendants. And we say to you today, God, that we are intent on doing this, that we invite you to use us to bless the next generations. We invite you to use us to bless those that come after us in our family tree. We invite you to use us to make a positive change in the bloodline. We invite you to use us to influence our family and the people around about us. And we say, Lord, we're determined to see that generational blessing continue through our lives. And now, Lord, we want to say that on this day, the 14th of February, 2010, that we claim this promise from Isaiah 59, verse 21. And I'm going to read it, and as I'm reading it, you just claim it in your own heart. As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them, my spirit who is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forever. And Lord, we are claiming that today. We are believing you that your words will be in our mouths and in the mouths of our children and in the mouths of our grandchildren and even in the mouths of those that will come after them. And if you believe this and you mean this in your heart, would you please say aloud, Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. Lord, as we go, I speak your blessing over everyone here. I say, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up the light of his smile upon you and give you peace and pour out blessings upon you and your family and those that are to come after you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we say this. Amen.